quit your bantering, girl. I, that was to me, to oh, myself, that was obviously. To you. Okay. I wasn't calling you girl. I talk to myself a lot. Here's the problem. <laughs> this is where, I can't wait. This is where we go off on tangents. Uh-huh. And this, I feel like I don't want to burden people with some of the crap that comes up in my head for thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I just talk it through with to myself. Okay. And sometimes so, I can come to solutions. I'm I mean, a good talker and listener to myself. I mean, if everyone in the conversation is happy, <laughs> who as long am I to as we judge? got a bevy, we're good. Yeah, that's right. I mean, who am I to judge? You know, if you're if you feel like you're getting stuff done with yourself, yeah, good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I talk to myself all the time. Yeah, I, I do. Don't, I don't know. I mean, I certainly don't know any interesting person that doesn't talk to themselves at least a little bit. Okay, good. Right. Like I, I think that's. I think that's pretty Because sometimes I feel like, mm, should I be concerned? I mean, if you're talking to yourself and you're like two different characters, like if you're no, like... it's you're usually like, me to a fictitious audience. Is that a different okay. character? No. It's kind of like what I would like to think I could do, mm-hmm. like talk confidently to an audience, okay. but, but I always get gun shy, so yeah. I won't and don't. Mm-hmm. But in my head, I'm all... Front of the crowd, and I'm so cool. I can't even. I'm not even nervous. That's yeah. I think that's perfectly fine. If you're if you have like another personality, and they're no. like they're like dueling it out in your mind. <laughs> I'm that's all a split different. personality. Yeah. That would be. Mm, that's not what's going on. <laughs> okay, that's probably good. That's probably good. Okay. This segment has been brought to you by Diet Coke. Delicious. Yep, it is delicious. Every time. Yep. Okay. Um, wow, we've already been podcasting for 21 minutes. <laughs> That's how good we are at wasting time. I mean, for a lot, I feel like for I a good excel. chunk of that, we were praying. Um, I excel which is good. in the time wasting. Time wasting. Yeah. Waste management. <laughs> Waste management. Awesome. Not to be confused. So uh, we should with. we should podcast. Not to be confused with the like company waste management. Yeah. Yeah. The dump. Yeah, the dump. Yeah. Not to be confused with that. There's this furniture company in Houston, um, and it's called the Dump. Why would was. they do that? Because I don't know. It's just like where all the furniture goes when it can't be sold. Oh. So the last the like, last stop. They're little. They're and it's huge. It's like this big warehouse. It's a huge dump. And they're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> their little radio jingle is to the dump to the dump to the dump 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 it's oh. terrible <laughs> it's terrible but i i i know the jingle yeah and i haven't lived in houston in a long time so that makes sense dang yep okay it's it's working their little jingle is working all right let's um do this thing i'm gonna sit up straight i'm gonna try not to have vocal fry this episode what is that it's just, it's kind Vocal of when fine. you do this and you're not really enunciating and it's like oh, really miserable to listen to. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to try to sit up straight and be better. You're, you oh. never have vocal fry. You're great. You're always very. Maybe I never have it because I don't even there. know what that is. That's great. I'm sorry. I told you. Right? No, I um, want to learn the things. I just get lazy with, with good speaking. Are you okay? Okay. You're good. Yep. All right. 
process in the Diet Coke. I'm, I'm more and more amazed at the ways in which we can be there for each other. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, okay. Uh, we should podcast now. Let's podcast. Awesome. Hey, Nikki. Hello, James. How's it going? It's going pretty good. Uh, it's going well for me too. I'm glad to hear that it's going pretty good for you. Um, we have a pretty cool thing to talk about today. Uh Uh, an extremely cool thing. I think, uh, last week we talked about, um, my stuff your stuff and things got really real uh really quickly and um then that's a good thing it's Thank a really again, it's a really sure. uh it's a it's a good thing to have come out not only of that episode but out of the podcast in general hopefully we have let our listeners know that we um we mean business in, in terms of yeah of being real mm-hmm. people and of having real conversations that come from a a very genuine place and a place that i think um wants to see other people get better, wants to see other people encounter God. Uh, We want to see other people um, just be a better person today than they were yesterday, especially in their relationship with God. And if they struggle in that, to reach out to their community, to reach out to God in prayer and uh, to know that God is there for them. Um, When we started this podcast, uh, even the name kind of talks about it. We talked Mm -hmm. about uh, late to church kind of meaning in the in the practical things in our lives, maybe we, we feel like we're kind of missing out or we're not always, yeah. we're not always hitting the bullseye in terms of our relationship with God. Um, but I, I, we also meant it to be like the things that we maybe don't understand about our faith. And we could kind of talk about some of those sure. things as well on a level that, um, you know, if someone, uh, is new to the faith or maybe, maybe really has some questions from a very different perspective than, than we've heard before, mm-hmm. um, in other you know, catechetical, which means teaching like mm-hmm. environments, right. Um, then maybe we give kind of some, uh, some time to that and we give those conversations an opportunity to really grow and to hopefully kind of foster some understanding out there. Um, even for those non-Catholics, non-Christians that may be listening or people on the fence that may be listening. Um, so, uh, last week we were like really kind of trying to let you know that we were with you and this week uh we thought we'd have some fun um talking about uh, our friends talking, talking about, about our, our friends, friends right our friends exactly and uh and we're gonna bring you um i think what's gonna wind up being a two-part episode and now that i've said that it, oh, has, yeah, to be, it has to be right now it has to be um <laughs> but we're gonna talk about the saints and the communion of saints and uh and hopefully um answer some questions maybe if you've had some questions before about you know What's the what deal with the mean? saints? Yeah. What does it mean? And then talk to you a little bit about some of our favorite saints. And um, yeah, we'll go from there. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm it excited. It is fun. I'm excited. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, gosh. What do you love about the saints? If you, uh, if you were selling me, the, like if the saints it, as a package, right? Not the football right? team, but not yes. The, not the, right, not right, the football right. team. But if, if like a relationship with the saints, right, uh-huh. as a package was like a new car. Like, how, okay. like what is your sales pitch? Like what is it? Okay, so okay. Great. We are, the saints are good for everybody. Mm-hmm. You can find, there's so much variety. Um, there's variety in, in, um, in gender, in what they have experienced. Um, there were saints who were rich. There were saints who were poor. There were, um, all of them struggled. And I think that we can all, you know, I still keep coming back to our old episodes, right? And, you know, and Esther talking about our are uh, suffering as a unifying factor, like mm-hmm. they've all suffered. And a lot of times what we know about the saints is through their suffering, how they achieved sainthood. And, um, that I love because, you know, I, 
I haven't, I haven't met or read about a saint who has, um, oh, how do I want to say this? I haven't suffered mm-hmm. as much as I've read of saints who have suffered, you know, like they, sure. they, whenever I think things are so bad in my 21st century life, mm-hmm. they're never that bad. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like sure. there's, it's always, um, a hopeful experience to read about the saints mm-hmm. and, and guess what? They also, I feel like we've talked about God pursuing us. I also feel like there are saints out there who want relationships with us sure. and they find us and they prop themselves into our everyday life. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That is very cool. It is very cool. And that's totally, uh, it's totally a thing I've experienced. And, and that's one of the reasons, uh, and, and you've experienced as well. That's yeah. one of the reasons we're going to give this a couple of episodes to talk about is because we do feel like it's a bigger conversation than just, you know, a single episode, which the majority of the things we talk about here, you know, those conversations hopefully are, are still kind Could of be unpacked further. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I feel the exact same way. I, I feel like the saints are, um, you know, sometimes I kind of look at them as this, uh, in a, in a, hopefully a healthy way as this sort of commodity that's like there for me to take advantage of, mm. um, just yeah. in terms of, uh, not that God is, is not accessible to me, but, but maybe, maybe, um, accessing God in the sense of, of really, um, having some fraternity with him, like yeah. really kind of having, like uh, having these, these bonds with other people, this sort of shared human experience. Mm-hmm. And I can see in them how my human experience, like, orients me towards God. Right. And, and kind of makes my yeah. relationship with God, um, a little more, just a little less mysterious and a little mm-hmm. less foggy. Right. And, and what's cool about it is like, that will, that'll happen. And I'll kind of have like, like I'll, I'll observe something about a saint that'll teach me something about God. That'll teach me something about myself. And I feel like kind of the veil has been lifted uh, and I go deeper into so that good. and it gets even more mysterious. And like mm. the, it's like a really, really good, almost like, um, it's kind of the same feeling I get of like if I'm reading like a mystery novel or if I'm watching a really good like suspenseful. Yeah, the plot kind of thickens. It never it never really gets old. Yeah. Um, and it never feels like like the saints never get tired. Mm. Like I never get True tired story. of hearing yeah, yeah, about yeah. them and then they seem to never get tired of of teaching me and kind of Show leading me in yeah. my relationship with God. Um for a lot of our Christian brothers and sisters, the Catholic sort of reliance and the Catholic, um, uh, the, the importance and the appreciation that we have for saints, the, the importance we place on, on the communion of saints, um, is maybe something that's a little misunderstood mm-hmm. and maybe even something that maybe this conversation has already turned you off a little bit, right? Because, uh, there's, you know, there's just, there's a lot to it and there's a lot to it that I think doesn't really get properly discussed. Right. Sometimes. So if that's the case, if you're listening to this and that's the case, I just, just give us another five minutes, give us another five minutes, um, just to kind of, uh, give you our, uh, sort of practical understanding Mm -hmm. of the communion of saints of kind of how it works and how it works in our lives. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to sort of preface this by saying, there's a lot to the teaching of the communion of saints, uh, within the church. If you, if you Google it or you look it up in the catechism or something like that, there's a lot to it. We are speaking from a very experiential place and a very practical place kind of through our own lens, mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to quote catechism 
uh, uh, paragraphs at you. Um, That stuff's in there. And maybe we can put some of that stuff like on our social media or something like that. Um, But that's kind of, that's not really the point of this conversation. Um, We we would rather just kind of talk about like, hey, this is, this is this really cool thing that we have in our faith and we want to share it with you. Uh, in a person-to-person way. We want to invite you into it in a way that um, I don't think is going to compromise anybody's relationship with God. Right. So if you're worried about that, um, just give us now, give us the next five minutes. <laughs> that was like a minute and a half, right? But now give us the next yeah. five minutes. So um, every uh, every Catholic church um, or virtually every Catholic church is named after a saint. Mm-hmm. I grew up at St. Michael the Archangel Parish in Lake Jackson, Texas. I work at St. Vincent de Paul Parish in Austin, Texas. Those are two saints that are radically different. Um, you go to... St. Ignatius Martyr, not to be confused with St. Ignatius of Loyola. Exactly. Yeah. How cool is that? Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I've, I've, I'm trying to think. Uh, my, my, my parents parish when they were growing up down in the valley was Our Lady of Guadalupe, which is, mm. that's Mary, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, that's a specific Marian apparition. Uh, and St. Paul's uh, parish, right? So mm-hmm. everybody kind of has their, um, when, you're, when you're born, when you're baptized into a particular Catholic parish, uh, it's kind of cool. You have this patron saint uh, that we believe as Catholics um, is already kind of watching out for you and, and, mm-hmm. and kind of moving in your life. That's the part that I think a lot of folks get hung up on mm. is they think uh, that if, okay, if someone goes to St. Joseph the Worker Parish, they think that everybody at that parish believes or, or maybe acts like um, St. Joseph is maybe a, a, a god or elevated, or, or, or elevated mm. above um, the rest of humanity uh, in such a way that kind of takes some kind of power or shine away from mm. God the Father. Right? right, right. All that the saints can do... Um, to work in our lives, all that the saints can do to kind of help us further our relationship with God is to pray. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what they do. Right. Okay. Um, if anything else, there, there have been apparitions of various saints and angels and different things. If you, you know, don't take my word for it, you can look it up. There's, there's good, there's good stuff out there. Um, anything else. And really even that act of prayer, mm-hmm. it's all willed by God. It's all for the glory of God Mm -hmm. and it's all to reveal God to people like you and me. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you go to St. Joseph, the worker parish, or if you go to St. Vincent de Paul, if you go to St. Ignatius, the idea is not that St. Ignatius then like becomes this kind of extra God that you pray to or this this deity. Right. It's that St. Ignatius is another human being that you can relate to and remember and you can, you can, you can encounter him. Right. And, uh-huh. and, and especially through um, understanding his life, learning about his life, you can kind of encounter him and you can see the way that that he encountered God. And you can you can learn from that and you can draw closer to God mm-hmm. from that. You can also just like when if someone in our families or something passes away, we we want, you know, our grandma, grandpa, whoever it might be to be kind of watching over us. Right. right. We kind of think that right. that watching over is, is prayer. And you're, and what's cool is our grandmas and grandpas and those people that do pass away in our lives, they, they can, this is not something that's like saved for a specific kind of person. It, this, this action is, is open to Mm -hmm. anyone, right. To anyone. And so, um, when we talk about this, this communion of saints, it's really that, that our prayer life, our spiritual life and their 
prayer and spiritual life is kind of sharing the same space. And that space is uh, all oriented. That. Everything that we do in that space is oriented towards encountering God. Yeah. It and illuminates it, him. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Um, so when I say St. Joseph, pray for me, when I say, you know, um, uh, St. Michael, the archangel defend us in battle. What I'm really asking for is for those saints to by their unique, their unique relationship with God in heaven, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, to, to literally pray for me, to mm-hmm. literally, to go before God, the father, to go before Jesus, to go before the Holy spirit and to lay down my intentions in their eternal mm, conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. with God. Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, it's not something that's necessarily easy to understand or nece- even necessarily easy to articulate. It's tough. And there's a lot of reasons mm-hmm. to, there are a lot of good reasons to be skeptical, right? There's a lot of good reasons to kind of say like, you know, we don't, they don't talk about that very much in the Bible. Right, like that's something that, no. that you hear, right? Um, it is certainly someone something that I think over the years the church has experienced and has kind of had to um, kind of had to come to grips with and kind of had to form uh, a really unique teaching mm-hmm. about. Um, but it is something that I know is real, mm-hmm. and I say that with all of the. All of the confidence in the world um, is something that I know is real. And we'll kind of talk about that, I think, in the next episode, like like why we both kind of understand that that's real. Um, so we have this really unique ability and this really unique opportunity to, uh, like I said, to just kind of sum up, to encounter the saints and then through a relationship with them mm-hmm. um, to more profoundly encounter God. And that is really the goal. Mm-hmm. of the communion of saints, at least for us as we know it right now. Yeah. yeah. And I know that when we say, um, uh, that, uh, prayer is not meant to, um, prayer is meant to change us. Not, mm-hmm. it doesn't change God mm-hmm. when we pray with him, when we're in communion with him. And so whenever I ask for intercessory prayers through the saints, it's all, it's all changing me. Right. Like, because I'm not going to I gravitate towards the saints who I feel a connection with. Mm -hmm. And, um, I love that there are so many different saints with different, um, life stories Mm -hmm. that can intersect my life Mm -hmm. just when I need it because it just kind of, so you mentioned family, like when our, you know, people in our family have passed away and we call on them for intercessory prayer. Look after us. You know, I, I feel like I can, um, sense the saints cheering me on. Like they're my aunts with these, my aunts and uncles with these great stories mm-hmm. and to have championed me mm-hmm. throughout my life thus far and continue to. Yeah. And it just, Ooh, I feel like I need, I need that support. And it's not to take, and again, I, f- I have quite a few friends who are not of the Catholic faith and I feel like I need to, um, sometimes I keep that part private because mm-hmm. I don't want to offend at the same time. It's something that I'm so proud of and grateful for. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. it feels like this, like I feel bad for them. Like it's an untapped treasure mm-hmm. when you're not accessing the saints as fully as you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, and I think that brings us to, uh, probably some really basic things that we need to clarify. One is what does the word saint mean? Um, the word saint just means holy, holy, okay? set and aside, the word, right? the word holy exactly means set apart. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when we think of set apart, that doesn't mean set apart like, uh, like, like you're, like if I say Nikki is a holy person, that's not me necessarily saying Nikki is better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. That's me saying that Nikki has kind of, uh, oriented her antenna, right. To this conversation with God. And it's Mm -hmm. this conversation with God that's sustaining her in her life. doesn't mean that she's not going to mess up. It doesn't mean that she's a perfect person. It means that, that her relationship with God is there for when things aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. Her relationship with God is there for when things are perfect, right? That she's living kind of out of this other place of a relationship with God. And so, um, when we say that the saints are holy, that's what they have figured out how to do mm. really okay. well. Yeah, they yeah. figured out how to, how to be so close to Jesus, how to be so close to the Holy Spirit that, that they start to, to literally be like Jesus. They start mm-hmm. to literally be like the Holy Spirit, be like God the Father. Kind they don't of, lose his gaze. Exactly. Kind yeah. of kind of moving through life, right? And it's no longer this sort of far off um, relationship, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but it's this very intimate and very um, sort of... Uh, um, there's, there, there's just an awareness of God's mm-hmm. presence in their life, you know, no matter what they're going through. Right. And regardless of the circumstances, And the the cool thing about our God is that it never just stops with us. Mm. Right. And so the saints have, have gotten to this place of perfect holiness, which is heaven. We believe that there are people that are in heaven, this place of perfect holiness where, um, they're, they're fulfilling their, essentially their, their greatest role, right? Mm -hmm. We're all made for heaven. They're there in heaven. And, that role uh, is so powerful and so overwhelming and so kind of like just beautiful mm-hmm. um, uh, and infinitely beautiful that it, it winds up extending to us, right? That's that, beautiful. That, that responsibility yeah. for um, this, this conversation with God, this relationship with God, it literally overflows to us. Mm-hmm. And, and, and God's, God's grace is so powerful in those, those people's lives that, you know, um, like literally their cup runneth over, mm, right? And yeah. we're kind of there to, to, to see that and to experience it and hopefully to emulate it, right? Yeah. To emulate that, that, um, uh, that desire mm-hmm. and to emulate that, that real sort of, it's not a better word, it's coming to mind, that real sort of like fierce willingness to be mm-hmm. in God's presence, yeah. right? To, to be kind of, kind of ruled by him. Um, so that's what a saint is. A saint is someone that's, that's holy. Everyone in heaven, everything in heaven, all the angels, uh, all the, all the, the people, right. You read revelation. There's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Everything in heaven is a saint because God, <laughs> um, tells us in the old Testament that he, uh, he's not going to be around sin. Okay. So God, the yeah. father is not going to be around sin. There's no one, there's nothing in heaven. That's not oriented towards this relationship with him, right. This communion with mm. him. Um, that's what we're made for. And so saints that we, we believe have gotten there and maybe there's evidence, uh, mm-hmm. that they've gotten there here in the world. Um, we, we want to be like them yeah. and we've established these relationships with them in order to, uh, to, to hopefully assume, um, that, that same kind of holiness here on earth. Right. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's really important is that Catholics don't worship saints. Correct. That's a, that's a huge thing, um, that, it's that a, I feel like yeah. has kind of been beaten to death. Like, like there's a lot of good stuff about there, about that out there. Uh-huh. Um, but I do want to say this, this kind of, this one thing. Um, I remember I was in like, ele- I was in like 10th or 11th grade and there was this kid behind me. Um, and he was a, he was a nice kid. He, he could be, 
I don't know, kind of whiny sometimes. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like he was, he was just kind of a whiny kid. Um, but I remember we were talking about for some reason, talking about our faith. Uh, and I certainly didn't know the things that I hope I know better now. Right. Um, but he, he figured out I was Catholic and he was not. And he started asking me about the Hail Mary and his pastor had, you know, I guess kind of been, been really, really hard on the Catholic church in a couple of sermons. And had kind of said that, um, you know, that the, church worshiped idols and all this kind of stuff. And, and Mary was like the, was like a God, right? Quote unquote. Yeah. And just, he had all this false information. And I remember him saying, if I wanted to hang out with you, if I wanted to like, I don't know, go play football with you or something, would I call your house and then ask to talk to your mom? Okay. Would, would I do that? And so instead of just talking to you directly, uh-huh. would I call your house and just talk to your mom? And I remember that really stumping me. Like, why, Ooh, ooh, why, would, I, okay. why would I just talk to Jesus's mom? Uh-huh. Why would I just talk to Jesus? Okay. First of all, I love my mom. Uh-huh. No one is Mary. Mm-hmm. No one. There's only one Mary. No one is Mary. And Mary, throughout the gospel, throughout even some of the apocryphal stuff that we've got about Mary outside of the Bible, mm-hmm. Mary only ever does one thing. She points people to her son. Yeah. So that argument's not really super valid because it would really have to be like with the understanding that Mary's going to pick up the phone and go, oh, hey, James, it's really nice to hear from you. I'm going to put my son on the phone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm going to put you in touch with him as quickly and as profoundly as possible. Mm -hmm. Oh, and by the way, he's the king. Like, like he's, he's the unique son of God. He's the king. Um, I'm the queen enthroned in heaven. I'm like the queen, the queen regent. Okay. So, so the, uh, the mother of the king and I've got his ear, I've got his, his kind of his heart, so to speak, Yeah. better than anyone else. And that's not because I'm going to manipulate him into doing what you want him to do. That's because I'm going to help you pursue him Yeah. and help you to realize his pursuit of you in a more profound way. Right. Right. That all of the saints do that to, I don't want to say to some degree because they all do it perfectly. They're yeah. in heaven, right? But that's what all of the saints do. They put us in better contact and better touch with mm-hmm. Jesus, right? So instead of, you know, the analogy of like, you know, we're not necessarily going through God's people, right? It's not that God is not approachable. Right. It's that we have this resource of being able to approach God together. Yeah. And that is powerful. Yeah. Right. If one person shows up at your house, I don't know, to sell you encyclopedias or something, it's like not, (laughs) if like 50 that you, you know, you're like, okay, yes, encyclopedias are great. (laughs) But, but that, that, but that's the kind of unity. I mean, that's the Mm -hmm. unity that God wants. Well, here's, okay. So I have what I'm thinking of in my head. So, um, it's, it's Mardi Gras season uh-huh. and I'm thinking of, okay, so I just mentioned the saints as being like my aunts and uncles and just looking out for the betterment of, of me for mm-hmm. my, um, best experience, my best life. They, they want that for me. Well, I'm thinking, you know, like if, if Jesus is the parade passing, if God is the, the main event, the saints are just like my aunts and uncles who are just like, wait, can you see? Okay. Right there. Mm-hmm. Let me position you in this spot. Let me put you on my shoulder so that you have a better view. Mm-hmm. Like the, 
relationship is such that they want what's best for me. Mm-hmm. And it would be wise, it would behoove me mm-hmm. to take advantage of that. Absolutely. Because they're only wanting what's for my good to be closer to and see God. Yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. And, and it's like, you know, like getting back to that argument of like, why, you know, why would, why would we go through the same, like, why would we add a third party? It's kind of like, well, I would, I would love, I mean, I would love to have the kind of face to face encounter that St. Paul had on the mm. road to Damascus, yeah. right? Where Jesus literally just knocks me off my horse and, and, and really, and I really get to, to encounter him. But the thing is, I can have that and mm-hmm. I don't have to wait to a particular, you know, for a particular moment in my life to have that encounter. Like Jesus is there. We've talked about it. He's there kind of waiting for it. I think the saints are really, like you're saying, they're more about like orienting, orienting us, at least for me, towards our, our need for mm-hmm. that encounter. Right. Cause they can see it. They can, they know that we're, we're in need of X, Y, and Z. Where are you in your life? Mm-hmm. The saint comes in and says like, Okay, going to shift you here, point -hmm. your attention here so that you can see God better. Exactly, exactly. And it's not, you know, um, uh, again, we can't stress enough, that's not for the glory of that saint. Not at all. It's because that saint actually... uh, can and only, like, like can only glorify God in the the state of being, which is heaven, Mm -hmm. right? Which maybe that... That was a very Father Wade explanation of that. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, but but like, you know, if if heaven if heaven you know were were an actual like like physical place, it is kind of about you know giving us uh, a window mm-hmm. into that really unique, really deep um, experience of God in heaven. And and so you know, maybe imagine you're saying like like live streaming for you. Like what's going on in heaven, like sort of holding up their phone in a very 21st century analogy, right? Holding up their phone and kind of showing you the the depths of this relationship with God in a way that, that maybe you can't really, maybe we can't really consider here on Mm -hmm. earth, you know, like for, you know, the, the, in in scripture, it says, um, uh, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God is ready for those who love him. Like that applies to heaven. That applies to Mm. this glory that we don't really get we can't right now. get yet yeah i think the saints are not only kind of a window into that but they're also um kind of this this example of of what uh of what that relationship really can mature into mm-hmm. and what that relationship can really um become when we give when we give god that room in our lives um do you have a do you have a, do you have a do you have a saint to share with us today? Do I have a saint to share? I, okay, so I um I like I like a lot of saints. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily um there was a time where I was all Saint Therese of Lisieux and I thought um you know, I spent a lot of time talking with her which was always nice. Right now it well today is Saint Thomas Aquinas's feast day, so I've been um reading some of his little things and quotes and uh I'm just fascinated it's fascinating he died when he was about my age which is disturbing Mm -hmm. that he accomplished so much and you know I'm not I don't want to compare myself to things but it's it's hard not to stay off of horses it'd be fun okay I will I'll do that (laughs) he fell off horse don't go riding a horse Mm -hmm. while doing other things don't multitask um yeah so I think we talked about, I've mentioned before that my, uh, morning prayer time has included reading from this, um, 
this book that has the mass readings, but it also has a saint of the day or a blessed, I think they say blessed is, mm, I'm not sure what it's called, but it's a holy person. Most likely it's a saint. And I have spent that time now to, um, read that. And then I usually dig a little further because there are a lot of holy people Sure, and I don't know a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's always interesting and a little humbling to learn more when you're a cradle Catholic. I'm like, yeah. I should know all yeah. about the saints. Yeah. I don't know Jack. I didn't, I didn't know anything about, you mentioned St. Thomas Aquinas today's mm-hmm. his feast day, or at least when we were recording this, mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about him, uh, until I started working at St. Thomas Aquinas parish in yes. college station. Uh, it's a really, really great parish, wonderful families there. And, and I will be honest with you because, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas's, um, uh, maybe his reputation was very academic, right? Uh, he, he, he wrote the Summa Theologica, mm-hmm. right? Which is uh, a book that they still use to train seminarians. And, and it's a, it's, a really, it's a really incredible Way thing, go, right? Um, he wrote all these, you know, however many words. That Prayers, you, you know, 10 million. 10 million, 10 right? million words. 10 million words in his life and, and did all these really wonderful philosophical and theological things. He contributed greatly. I thought he was kind of like stuffy. I just kind of imagined, imagined him as like a guy in a library telling Mm. you to shush, Mm. you know what I mean? And so, um, you know, and then I had grown up at St. Michael, the archangel who like, I mean, read a little bit about St. Michael. That dude's, (laughs) that dude's bad. Like, like really cool stuff about St. Michael, the archangel. Um, and so for a while, even after I started working there, St. Thomas Aquinas really didn't fascinate me at all. When did that change? Um, it changed when, uh, another youth minister there, um, he started this, um, this book and Bible study club called the Dumb Ox Study Club. How interesting. St. Thomas Aquinas's, uh, reputation when he was in, when he was younger, even all the way through his studies was that he was not very bright, which is crazy, uh, which is crazy because he was brilliant. Uh-huh. Um, but he kind of had one of those things where, where, you know, he, he just, he, people couldn't relate to him. He found it difficult to relate to people. And, and so people just kind of thought he was, he was dumb. They a lot of, off, a lot yeah. of his, um, fellow classmates and even some of his teachers were like, this guy's just not, not really worth it. Right. And he's really struggled in a lot mm-hmm. of his studies. That was something that I could really relate to at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could really relate to like feeling like you don't fit in and feeling like maybe mm-hmm. you're not smart enough or not good enough. Um, but what was cool about it and, and what was amazing about his, his life to me is that he, he persevered anyway. Yeah. And he really pursued God, pursued that academic understanding of God until that academic mm-hmm. understanding led him to this spiritual understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had these, these wonderful, um, moments in prayer, uh, these sort of mystical moments in prayer that you, that you hear about. And so there was something, even though I, I kind of wrote him off like his friends did, right? Like, yeah. even though I kind of wrote him off, there was something there in his life for me to relate to and for me to really, um, uh, to really grow, uh, closer to God and, and mm-hmm. hopefully something to, un- that there was something there for me to unpack about my own relationship with God, which was really cool. And, um, you know, the interesting thing about that is the only role that St. Thomas Aquinas can have in that, uh, is, is him praying for me. Yeah. So when I... You know, I got there to St. Thomas Aquinas and, and, um, we don't really know how time works in heaven, right? (laughs) But but I can assume that he was praying for me and had been, and part of my spiritual journey there was to encounter him and to allow him to lead me closer to God. Um, that's, it's just, 
it's just super cool when, mm-hmm. when things kind of open up that way. Um, you know, it, it, it's a really profound, uh, it's a really profound experience. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. It is. It is. Yeah. And I feel like they, they always find you when you need them. Mm-hmm. So I, um, my, one of my kids has some medical issues and I don't, I don't, my memory's real bad, but I don't remember when, <laughs> oh, that's a whole nother thing. So Padre Pio comes into my life and I don't know, I think I was probably, I'm that surfacey where I'm like, I was just, oh, well, that's an interesting name. Mm-hmm. Who's this? And, and start reading about him and, um. And then it's, it's kind of like when you become aware of, um, their life, their existence, then you see them everywhere. Sure. Right. And so I learned about him and, and his struggles and that, um, he had some lung issues. Mm -hmm. I don't, I here's the problem with my memory. Not only do I not remember where all the details of when I was introduced to him Mm -hmm. or when he introduced himself to me, Mm -hmm. but I also don't remember a lot about all the details of his life. I just know, Hey bro, you're my man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have relied on his intercession, uh, when my kid has struggled with, with his health, Mm -hmm. uh, because of, of the similar similarities in, in some of those health things. And just knowing that he, Padre Pio, um, pushed through and to see, um, how he relied on God Mm -hmm. was a powerful example as to what is, possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Like the, the, the saints, I think kind of, you know, use that word illuminate, which is, Mm -hmm. is a a great word. They, they illuminate, they shed light on the potential for our human experience. Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes that potential is really tough Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's really, you know, frustrating and, and the, you know, some of the saints shine the brightest, right. In, these really ugly places in humanity. Yeah. Um, but it's that it's really the fact that they're shining right at all. Right. Is the thing right. that we're, we're, I think we're so fascinated with and sort of caught up by because, you know, when you're, when your kid is sick, like there is, there, there is the, you know, when I'm sick, right. There mm-hmm. is the frustration and the, the temptation to just go, this is God's fault and it sucks. And mm-hmm. I really wish God would make me better. Fix already. it. Fix it. Right? Yeah. Um, as opposed to like, am I going to find rest in God? Mm-hmm. Am I going to find, you know, this, this satisfaction in this relationship with God, knowing mm-hmm. that God has things under control, even though I don't understand the outcome or I don't understand right. what I'm going through. Right. I don't have all the answers. Um, you know, and, and so for, for a lot of our at least a lot of my experience, that's where the saints, um, are so pivotal in my life mm-hmm. is reminding me, Hey, like, yeah, things are really tough, but that's not the point. Right. You know, if you, if we just look at the fact that we're suffering, if we just look at the fact that we're grieving or that we're, we're struggling with something, um, it's easy. It's really easy to get lost in, in why God, why isn't God fixing this? Mm-hmm. Right. But the reality is God doesn't really want us for this world. He wants us for heaven. Yeah. And that sounds really morbid. You know, we, we don't, we're not advocating like, you know, um, um, having like a death wish or anything like that, which a lot of the saints have been accused of. Right? Really? Over the years. Yeah. I yeah. It's, it, it's happened a lot over, over the years, but, um, we're not advocating that at all. It's just that this, this relationship with God as the loving father, you know, the loving father, loving the beloved, right. Mm-hmm. Is 
is bigger than than any of the stuff. Yeah. And 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 the saints are really good at remembering that. Mm-hmm. They're really good at focusing on that. And then they're also really good at when they don't the times when they don't remember that in their lives or the times when the struggle becomes too tough, they even give that frustration to God. Yeah. Right? Which is something that I think we often feel like we're not allowed to do yeah. or that maybe it's more difficult to do than we than we give God credit for. Um I think that so in, in, in my life, I have often thought that the, the saints just kind of, appear, they, they like appear out of nowhere, mm-hmm. right, in my life. And it seems like they're the perfect fit. At that time, for at that, that time. circumstance. And even for like what I'm going to be going through in the next six months or the next year. Oh, yeah. Whatever the next season is, it's just like. You know, I, I kind of, um, I have a story that I'll, I'll share next week about St. Martin de Porres, but I, I literally kind of ran into him as a saint. Like I passed by a statue and mm-hmm. I just, it was a statue in a church and I just said, St. Martin de Porres, pray for me. And the next two years of my life, He's I could like, not I got get you. away from St. Martin you, de Porres in some really, really incredible ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that, that I think, uh, again, is another thing that kind of points to the saints being sort of this instrument of God. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not a replacement for God. It's not, um, a, not at all, not a, um, uh, not a coping mechanism for like, mm. like sort of staying away from God. Right. We, we like, I know as a Hispanic Catholic, um, and as an Italian Catholic, like the, the, uh, the, um, what's it called? The, the reputation that like little Catholic grandmas have, right? Kind of that cliche (laughs) of like, they're just praying their rosary, right? Have you ever, have you ever heard that joke where, um, uh, there's a, there's a, um, uh, there's a little old lady, um, praying the rosary in mass and she's, she's praying and praying, praying. She's on her knees the whole time and mass is going on and she's praying the rosary like on and on and on. She's got the rosary in her hands and like, everything in the room stops. The priest stops what he's doing and the people stop. Everything kind of freezes like time freezes. And, and, uh, uh, Jesus appears there on the altar. Right. And let's say this, my grandma's name is Betty. So let's say this little lady's name is Betty. He's like, Jesus is like Betty, like trying to get her attention. Excuse Betty, me, Betty, 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 <laughs> Betty, like over and over again, Betty. And she looks up and she goes, shush, I'm talking to your mother. <laughs> right. The, the saints are not a replacement. Oh the saints are not so a replacement funny. for this conversation with God, right? Yeah. You're, you're a grandma that's like <laughs> way into the rosary, whether she knows it or not, right? Um, her closeness to Mary, Mary is not going to let that closeness uh, do anything except to bring her closer to. It's not running interference at all. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Well, it's like, you know, when people are dating and, and you know, it's like a sign when you bring them home to meet mama. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that, that, that you want that to happen. It's pretty cool. It's I want pretty to know cool. the whole family it's of Jesus, cool. the whole family of God. Absolutely. It's very cool. It's very cool. Um, so one of my, one of my favorite saints is St. Cecilia. St. Cecilia. Um, she is the, uh, she's the patron of a lot of things, a lot of different cities and different stuff uh, that you look up. She's most famous, I guess, for being the patron of music. Um, here at, uh, the Paramount theater in Austin, mm-hmm. um, which is a, it's not, um, like a house of worship or anything like that. It's, it's not a church, but they have this huge, uh, painting of St. Cecilia, That's um, like, awesome. a, like art nouveau painting of St. Cecilia. It's really cool. And, and, um, a couple years ago they sent out like a, um, like a postcard sticker thing of this painting as like a thank you to all of their donors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, um, 
Christine loves that theater and, and goes to shows there and she's like a donor uh, or, or, or was that I think still is um, but they sent her one of these cards as like a thank you for buying tickets to stuff and that's that kind of thing awesome. and I was like that's like saints it's, it's like a, a uniquely Catholic like religious thing kind of here uh, in the midst of you know secular society yeah. and, and not only is it um, sort of sort of glorifying her and her life and paying honor to her and her life and her patronage um, but in a really cool way it's kind of saying like like God is still present absolutely right? which yeah. is which is really really cool um, so she was uh, she was martyred um, which is you know died for the faith killed died, for yeah, the faith exactly and and um, uh, martyred in this really kind of this really horrible way um, you can you can read about her we won't really get into it but the the um, the one thing I do kind of want to to point out from her story is that she was she was forced to marry someone she didn't want to marry mm. when the musicians were playing uh, the music at her wedding uh, this very um, sort of secularized pagan uh, wedding she was singing to Jesus in her heart and that's where mm. her her role as this um, this patron of musicians mm. uh, that's kind of where it started um, and that idea of okay I'm, I'm gonna take whatever situation I'm in mm-hmm. and I'm gonna give it back to Christ like I don't know that there's another I don't know that it gets much holier than that yeah I don't know that there's another mindset that is is more impressive in terms of your relationship with God like to be able to just wherever you are uh, in whatever you know, whatever situation you're in, terrible or, other, or otherwise, to be singing to God in your heart mm-hmm. um, and giving him that, that room in your life, giving him that, that glory, that, that time in your life, that's pretty cool. That's, 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 very, that's very, very inspiring to me, mm-hmm. um, not just for playing music, but just for being, being a human being. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. It's, it's very cool. It's very, very cool. Um, you know, there's there's a lot about. Uh, I think uh, we've kind of talked about it. There's a lot about saints that I think we um, we kind of we kind of leave. Um, we almost kind of leave our our Protestant brothers and sisters or people of other t- denominations in suspense about saints. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of back to what you were talking about a little a little bit earlier, it almost kind of leaves the room for them uh, are are doing that kind mm-hmm. of, you know, to kind of take, to misinterpret. Res- exactly. Yeah. It leaves the room for them to misinterpret and to not understand. Um, and so like we're, uh, hopefully sharing some really good stuff about saints here and some really positive stuff mm-hmm. about saints here. If you're, if you're listening to this and you feel like you have a relationship with a particular saint, um, if you feel like you maybe have experienced, uh, small miracles, big miracles, whatever in your life, um, I really, really want to encourage you to share those experiences, to take those experiences and to make them a part of your sort of community conversation yeah. about God. Share them within your family, share them at your workplace, um, share them with, you know, with friends. You don't have to, you don't have to be rude or, or like annoying about it, but when the opportunities arise, don't back away from saying, you know, yeah, I, I, I prayed a decade of the rosary on the way to work today, or I, I, um, you know, this was St. Joseph was my patron saint for confirmation or, or my patron saint growing up or whatever. Um, and, uh, and, and that's a cool thing. And, and I, and I, I kind of enjoy that relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it's not 
uh, doesn't feel like a super deep relationship. Yeah. Right. Continue, continue to share it. Um, we live, I live in Austin. You live just South of Austin. Mm -hmm. Um, Austin is short for Augustine. Is it really? It is. And so, uh, in the diocese of Austin, the patron saint of the city of Austin is St. Augustine. How cool is that? Yeah, and and nobody knows, right? And it's I it's, didn't know. It's cool to 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 just kind of let people know that that I mean, one that like the Catholic Church cares enough to say, "Hey, there's a patron saint of Austin, right? And we believe that he's praying for us and wants us all to be closer to God." There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Right? Um it's also cool to just I mean, St. Augustine was a cool guy. So yeah. if, like, if one yeah. person hears that and goes, who is that guy? And then looks Look him it up. up. That's super yeah. cool. Yeah. Do you know what I love? I love the relationships of saints. Mm-hmm. So like lately, I feel like all of my um, interest in saints have been towards like pairing. So mm-hmm. St. Augustine, St. Monica, mm-hmm. you know, and nice. um, I, I love the idea. Well, I shared with you earlier about, you know, my desire for this just really wonderful family life and mm-hmm. wanting Oh, desiring that with all my heart. So like St. Monica, um, I often ask for her intercessory prayers, knowing that St. Augustine was a little turkey mm-hmm. uh, growing up. And um, I also have on my little my little cross thingy, the tiny saints, I have the pairing of, um, well, this isn't really a family, but sort of kind of almost, but, um, San Juan Diego and our lady Guadalupe. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's absolutely relationship. It's yeah. And, um, and that's something that has just recently, um, been uncovered in my life, mm-hmm. you know, cause I kind of came from a place where I didn't know anything about them mm-hmm. and then moved to a community where there's lots of celebration sure. around, um, the two of them. And so, I kind of was a little bit um, snobby and hesitant at first. Mm -hmm. And then once I started reading about San Juan Diego, I fell in love with him and I just felt humbled by his humbleness. Mm -hmm. And, um, goof. It's, it really is. It's beautiful. It really is to me. Like, it's just a beautiful, um, like stories like that are, are, are not even able to be written. It's just this, it's like, we need to know the story because it's real mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's for us. And it's so, I, I think it's even, you know, we, we have, uh, you know, we all have heroes, hopefully mm-hmm. people in, you know, in our lives that, that are mentors and really kind of push us and, and that we really have real relationships with. And then we have heroes like, you know, our favorite sports stars or actors or mm-hmm. something like that. People that we look up to and those, those, that's great. That's wonderful. Um, but we, we don't spend a lot of time, uh, I think in our culture really, sort of fostering relationships with heroes that are are focused on bigger things mm-hmm. like things even outside of of just success or outside of, of the most important things yeah, which is yeah, our relationship exactly. with god and, yeah and so um you know there are there are are i think like those those relationships between saints that mm-hmm. you um that you talk about those to me make the saints that much more human yeah right and that much more you know i i, I love saints that are that are modern, at least since the advent of like photography, uh-huh. because I know that I can go find a picture of that saint in their natural a, habitat, in, kind of in their natural yeah. habitat, and just in their humanity, right? Like there's, there's a really, um, it's kind of heartbreaking, but there's this really telling picture of St. Maximilian Kolbe, who mm. was, he yeah. was, um, he was captured by the Nazis and he was actually martyred in a concentration camp. Um, but that's, I mean, that's, you know, that's his martyrdom is a, it was a very glorious thing. Right. Um, but that's not 
the whole story of his life. Right. It's, it's really not. And if you're interested, um, we'll link to him a little bit about him. I think we've done that before, actually. Yeah. Um, but there's this picture of him, and he's literally just been booked or just been captured, mm-hmm. and he's had his beard shaved off. Right. He was a he was a a, a Franciscan, uh-huh. and he's had his his beard shaved shaved off for the first time. And he, you know, he he looks his age. I think he was in his. 40s or 50s. Um, I, I might be wrong on that. But there's also kind of this really baby face sort of boyish like innocence yeah. about him. And then you look in his eyes and there's this frustration at what's going on with him and sort of maybe even a little bit of, I don't want to say fear, but a little bit of like, like just wondering, mm-hmm. you know, he's just, he's just wondering. And, and to know that someone that we believe is a saint and someone that has had miracles attributed to him and someone that has been through the canonization process and all that stuff, which we'll talk a little bit about next week, I think, um, to know that he felt the same things that I did, mm-hmm. to know that he, that he, he, you know, th- just, just to know that he was human, mm-hmm. to know that he was a human being like that kind of stuff is, is really amazing. And then sometimes you'll find pictures of saints. Like I've seen them of St. Maximilian Colby where he's like playing soccer with his friends. Yeah. And that's just, it's, I mean, it's just incredible mm. to, to, again, to appreciate that real humanity. Yeah. Yeah. John Paul II. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Okay. So here's a fun fact. Mm-hmm. I went to a mass of his when I was in elementary school. Wow. He came to the New Orleans area and, um, I went to mass with a saint. That is awesome. But one of my favorite pictures of him is when he was younger and he has on his like Ray-Bans and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. That one. And then one where he's making like kind of goofy eyes. He is. Yeah. Oh. I love that. What it's, a guy. It's funny. What's funny about that is he's making goofy eyes at like a group of kids that are there for like an audience or something. Oh. They're there on a field trip <laughs> and he's he's making this goofy this goofy face. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's to kids or like high schoolers, but he's making this goofy face to them and doesn't really think anyone's watching. It's like a totally oh. candid moment that's right so good it's just so cool it's so it's so, so cool um yeah there's lots of pictures of him uh you know taking uh when when he was teaching uh, at a college taking students like hiking and just kind of talking about life or taking them skiing and kind of talking about life and just kind of being one of the people mm-hmm. um that's that's really really unique really neat um when we i think when we kind of dive into those intimate times, uh, those really human times in the life of a saint, um, we open ourselves up to, to their experience of God, Mm -hmm. right. And to really kind of sharing that experience. And I think sometimes we want it to be like all the weighty stuff, like, Mm -hmm. like you, but it doesn't need, right. But it doesn't, it doesn't, not only does it not need to be, we're losing a lot when we don't, when we don't reflect on the joy Right. Absolutely. That, well, it colors in, it colors the picture in mm-hmm. better, right? For sure. So if it's just the dark stuff, mm-hmm. that doesn't leave a vibrant picture. Mm-hmm. Um, one more. Okay. Mother Teresa. Yeah. So again, mm-hmm. in elementary school, she came to uh, UNO. I'm so jealous. Of you. I know, right? And here's the interesting part. So she's such a she's so small. Mm-hmm. She was so small. Um, and we were in this big arena, right, where big concerts are held. And she drew a crowd. I mean, mm-hmm. like, it was pretty full. Um, but there's pictures of her uh, jump roping and playing with the kids. And there's always, um, it's not hard to find a picture of Mother Teresa with a baby mm-hmm. or a child in her mm-hmm. hands and just looking lovingly into their eyes as she would the eyes of her Savior. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a full circle moment. My... Um, 17 year old was confirmed last year, the year before, and he chose her as his confirmation saint. Wow. Very cool. And it's, 
it feels surreal to know that I was shared the same space with her for mm-hmm. a brief moment mm-hmm. in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to the fact that the, the more recently, um, canonized saints or saints who shared the earth with us most recently that we have not just photography, but, um, quotes like, mm-hmm. um, their writings mm-hmm. and their, their speaking mm-hmm. and there's so much, um, wealth, a wealth of knowledge out there. There is. There is. It's comforting. It is. It is. It's very comforting. Um, I guess the, 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 the thing, like the thing for me that strikes, that strikes me about that sort of, you know, when you said that we shared the earth with them, mm-hmm. right. Um, is, is not so much that, okay. You know, I, like I can remember watching, uh, mother Teresa's funeral on mm-hmm. TV, like they broadcast it on TV and I can remember like the Dalai Lama being there and like mm-hmm. this different, yeah. it was, it just, it just, you know, I, I recognize it as a Catholic funeral, but it was this really important, um, social world event, world event. Right. And I think sometimes we expect, uh, we expect that kind of greatness. I mean, mother Teresa's greatness, I think is, is instantly recognizable. Like Mm -hmm. she's got her detractors, right? Like there's people out there that for whatever reason, right. Have an Mm -hmm. issue with the things she did or said or whatever. That's fine. Um, but her, her impact is, is, huge and and was far far reaching reaching. and even in her life was very, very big. She wasn't like, she kind of like you hear of artists who, who never, who don't live to know their success. Mm, Right. Right. She definitely lived to know her own success. She got to see the fruit of her labor, uh, in, in a lot of ways. Um, that's just mother Teresa, right? Not, there are people in our community. There are people in our community who will never be recognized by the church because we just, we just don't know, mm-hmm. right? Um, people in our families that uh, are leading these holy lives, and maybe their 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 holiness, like where God calls them to in their lives, the kind of holiness that God calls them to in their lives, is is not necessarily um, big, mm-hmm. right? It's not necessarily big in, in a in a worldly way, right? So when we're looking at those. Uh, when we're looking at the lives of the saints and when we're looking at their lives as uh, a model for our own or maybe ways in which we can recognize God moving in our lives, right? Maybe we're just kind of starting there. It's important to remember that Mother Teresa, first and foremost, or Pope John Paul II, first and foremost, was living out of his out of their relationships with God. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't, like, Mother Teresa didn't, she, she had no desire to be famous. Right. She had no interest in money or power or or any of that stuff that comes along with like worldly success. Right. And, and neither did Pope John Paul II. I mean, he, he really, um, cared about people. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's that, it's that skill of, of loving people, of being able to kind of meet people where they're at that, mm-hmm. that made him so great. Yeah. Right. It's God working through that, that made him so great. It, it's not necessarily that he was a great speaker or a world traveler or, or, even that he was the Pope. Mm, I mean, you know, yeah. like there have been lots of Popes that were not, you know, that were not canonized, right? They like, that's a whole other thing for us to talk about at some mm-hmm. other time, but that's not what necessarily made him holy. It wasn't right. the fact that mother Teresa was a nun that made her holy. It was this really genuine, humble pursuit of a relationship with mm-hmm. God. Um, there was a point in mother Teresa's life where she had not yet encountered Christ. Think about that. Hmm. There's a point in Pope John Paul II's life where he had not yet really fully encountered Christ, and he had to say yes to that. Hmm. 
we are all at that place. Mm. I, I play guitar and I have, you know, guitar heroes like Jimi Hendrix and, and Stevie Ray Vaughan and different people. And one of the things I used to tell myself when I would get frustrated, um, when I was younger is there was a time when Jimi Hendrix wasn't very good at guitar. Mm. There was a time when Stevie Ray Vaughan wasn't very good at guitar. Right. Um, there's a time when, when, you know, your favorite sports star or Mm -hmm. your favorite, um, author, like wasn't very good at their craft and they had to work on it. There's a time when all of the saints had yet to fully encounter Christ. They all started the same way that we all started in, in, in the world, Mm -hmm. um, of the world and, and being pursued by God, unaware Hmm. of their belovedness. That's good to hear. Because I think I automatically think oh, they were set apart from the beginning. Yeah, that if we that if we met, you know, if we I met, wasn't like, born to sing. if we met it's like like five year old John Paul II or ten year old John Paul II, that he, he was, was just, blessing people. He was just blessing people, right? Like like left and right. No, uh, you know, he he had to. <laughs> it would be cool if he wasn't. He, it, it would be cool. It would be cool. Um, but he he had to he had to work on that stuff. He had to allow God to work on that stuff in him, even. Yeah. Right. Um, so, just. Just something to keep in mind that when, when we're, when we're looking at the saints, um, taking their whole life into account from whatever humble beginnings they, there were, cause there, there were mm-hmm. really humble beginnings and especially saints like St. Francis or St. Augustine, who we yeah, mentioned earlier yeah, that like, yeah. it wasn't just humble. It was like, they had pretty much said, God, I don't, you know, I don't. I don't care. I'm going to go my own direction. Right. Right? I'm going to do my own thing. And then had this big conversion experience. Saint, Saint, Paul, Saint Paul was literally killing Christians with a sword um, for Paul, a while. Paul. So, so, so. Yeah, hmm. exactly. Right. So, knock you off um, your horse. so it's, it's, you know, sainthood is not about, again, um, if you take anything else from this one, we don't worship saints Two, It's not about being perfect. It's about being holy. I think, yeah, I feel like I, I'm, feeling more hell-bent on that notion of maintaining the gaze, Mm -hmm. just maintaining the gaze with, with the father. That'll get you there. That'll, that'll, that'll get you there for sure. How do we, how do we do that? Um, you know, if we're talking about emulating the saints or we're talking about, uh, this, you know, pursuing this relationship with God, how do we do that practically? Hmm. Do we want to come back with a pro tip? Okay. Pro tip. We're going to talk about a pro tip and take a break, and we will be back in just a second. And we are back. And we're back. And we're back. Um, super fun. I didn't need to say that a third time. I'm sorry. And we're back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, back with uh, a pro tip uh, and then a, a special prayer um, that we're going to uh, to end end this episode on. Um, the pro tip, you know, you, ta- you talked about keeping Christ's gaze. And yes. I, think, um, I think that can sound pretty overwhelming, right? And I also mm-hmm. think that it seems like that's something that I have to be doing all the time. I keep coming back to what sister Renee said, like allowing God to distract you with his, with his gaze, right? Mm. Like allowing God to kind of pull you in. Um, so I think maybe a cool way to do that, uh, this week, it's a little bit of a challenge, a pro tip, however you want to look at it, um, is 
at some point this week, uh, one day or maybe even every day, right? Whatever you're comfortable with, uh, Google search the saint of the day and learn a little bit about that saint. Um, the saints for me have, uh, you know, this really unique way, this really providential way of like just kind of showing up in my life at exactly the right time. Right. Right. Um, so maybe, uh, Google searching the saint of the day and there are several, usually several saints assigned to a calendar day. So if you want to look at more than one, you can, and kind of read about their lives. Some saints, we have tons of information. Some saints we don't. Um, so kind of find what resonates with you. And then the more important part, ask that saint to pray for you. Yeah. Um, and, and get as, um, you know, get as specific as you want to, but don't be afraid to be specific to kind of no. let that saint know your specific intentions to kind of go through those things uh, for sure. with that person. Cause if we think about it, like, you know, I'm thinking it's my aunts and uncles who want what's best for me. Mm-hmm. They want to help. They do. They want to help. They want to help. help. Absolutely. Direct them. Very, very cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we want to close in prayer? Yes. Okay. I would like to pray a prayer um, written by St. Saint Thomas Aquinas. Awesome. That'd be great. Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Grant me, O Lord, my God, a mind to know you, a heart to seek you, wisdom to find you, conduct pleasing to you, faithful perseverance in waiting for you, and a hope of finally embracing you. Amen. 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 The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Um, do you also have a quote? Oh, gosh, you I do. You mentioned a really, I do, a really I great love, quote from yeah, St. Thomas Aquinas. so today, in, in the day we're recording is St. Thomas Aquinas' feast day. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I spend my morning prayer time with the, the daily readings, but then also the saints of the day, and then I start. Oh, then I go down the worm, the rabbit hole. Not a wormhole, because their holes are small. Rabbit hole? Sure. Anyway. Rabbit holes are probably um, pretty small, too. <laughs> I look up that saint, mm-hmm. and there's so many interesting things. So there was this one little um, quote by St. Thomas that I just thought, how was he alive so long ago on the earth, and it's just so relevant today? Nice. And this quote says, sorrow can be alleviated by good sleep, a bath, and a glass of good wine. Amen to that. St. Thomas Aquinas for the win. Very, very cool. I, I mean, I, I think that's a prayer too, right? Like who, who hasn't experienced that in their life as a, as a human being, right? Who hasn't experienced yeah. just, just needing to kind of like let it all go and to let God take care and of you. I feel like sometimes I might feel like that's a guilty pleasure, you know, to pamper myself in that way. But if St. Thomas Aquinas is like saying it. Mm-hmm. Self-care. Good. Self-care. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you very much for sharing that prayer, for sharing Mm -hmm. that quote. And thank you uh, to everybody listening. Uh, Go make a friend that's a saint. Um, Yeah, they're good friends. They are. They're very, very good friends. Uh, Go make a friend that's a saint. Be holy. And uh, we will see you next time. Peace out, guys. Peace.
the Late to Church podcast is an AMET Creative production and is hosted by James Longoria and Nikki Moncada. Our theme music is Candle in the Shadows by The Poor Kings. Check them out on Spotify or wherever you download music. Incidental music is by Punch Deck. Find us on Instagram at Late to Church Podcast and let us know your questions, comments, and thoughts by contacting Late to Church Podcast at gmail.com. Your insights might even be featured on the show. Just a little reminder, you are good. You are worthy. You are the beloved. Look around for the Lord today. He loves you and he wants an encounter with you. Thank you for journeying with us. We're praying for you. Peace.